0: Welcome to the Dialogue by Wirepoints, connecting the dots between our economy, government, and people. And now your hosts, Ted Dabrowski and Mark Glennon. Hello, this is Ted Dabrowski, and I'm with my partner from Wirepoints, Mark Glennon. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the new budget that Governor Pritzker has proposed for 2023. And you know it's getting a lot of attention for... Well, several things, one of them is that Governor Pritzker is is seemingly taking credit for how much and I put these between quotes how much better the numbers are in Illinois right now uh, but the other part is his proposed uh breaks or a relief that he wants to offer Illinois as, as part of this budget so so Mark is gonna help help me break this down with for all of you and um don't be surprised that we're not we're not happy about. The whole thing, um, and and we'll, we'll well let's let's get right into it. Mark, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about some of the big things you saw, or maybe maybe just start with some of the well, let's call them good things so that we can get those out of the way because uh, they might be good, they might not be good, but um, certainly they they warrant some discussion.
1: Yeah, we we haven't talked about these Ted, but you tell me if you uh, agree. I I say there were three things in the speech that that I thought were good. Uh, first, he said he would cover, the state would cover the the hole in the College Illinois Savings Plan. That's a horrible plan that the state itself sponsored that's a a deeply underwater, uh, basically a fraud in my opinion, uh, perpetrated by the state and the state had a moral obligation to fix it so I had no problem with with putting money into that. Um, Secondly, uh, he did set aside money for the Rainy Day Fund, which is not a large amount. I think it was uh, several hundred million, not a lot in the big picture, but uh, that's a prudent thing to set aside. We have basically zero reserves at this point. Finally, the speech, setting aside the substance of the speech, it was, as usual, a very nice speech, speech nicely written. I'd like to know who writes his his speeches, uh, started out with a uh, nice emotional thing about uh, with some quotes from Margaret Mead, nicely delivered, as is always the case with Pritzker, he's very smooth. But that's in fact what makes him dangerous. If he were a stumble bum, it would be easier perhaps for the public to see through some of the things that he said. So we'll turn to the substance now. And Ted, you wrote the first piece of focusing in great detail on just that issue that you said. He said, what I believe to be uh, one of the greatest whoppers in his career, which is saying something. He said expressly that, let's be clear, this improvement in our budget, and he's claiming a $1.7 billion surplus, is not due to federal aid, all the recent pandemic relief. Ted, what did your research establish in great detail
0: yeah so let me say just a little bit of what he said right <clears throat> it's a 45 billion dollar spending plan it's the biggest biggest uh, budget we've ever had and you have to consider that that's happening uh, on the heels of what you know has been the biggest economic shock since um, you know since way back when Um since a recession really and and so we got the biggest spend and what Pritzker said is that you know Illinois has received two credit upgrades the first in 20 years and that is true uh, we've had just series of downgrades. Uh, we had 13 downgrades under uh, Governor Quinn. We had eight more downgrades under under Rauner, and we had one under, under Pritzker right when he started. So basically, we finally managed to get some upgrades. And so he celebrated that. And then he also touted the fact that the state has paid down the unpaid bills backlog that has been a, a perennial problem for us. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, he celebrated the, this budget surplus. So there's a whole bunch of things he celebrated. The problem was is that he he he's basically trying to take credit for all of this that's happened in Illinois. When in fact, you know, if, if you if you try to analyze anything he's done in the last two years, you can't find, you know, any reforms, any, any real things to improve Illinois and, and make it grow and make its revenues grow. Uh, the the one thing that they did was they hiked taxes on businesses by 650 million. A year ago, so that's the only revenue-generating thing they did, you know. So, so the real thing, the real thanks, then, if if they didn't do anything, is is this nearly two hundred billion dollars in federal COVID money that has come in. You're talking about you know massive amounts of money coming to the public sector, the private sector. Uh, you know, let me let me just reel off a few. Seventy billion dollars came in in loan and grant programs to small businesses. You know, airline industry got eighteen billion. Imagine that. Uh, you've got this income support of these unemployment benefits, child and family services. That's almost 30 billion. The state and local governments got 30 billion. Uh the direct stimulus checks that people got was another 30 billion. These are just massive numbers compared to the size of our economy. So what all that did was it just just super pumped up, you know, people's spending. So sales tax revenues for the state are are much higher. Uh, it pumped up income tax revenues for the state because people had actually more money uh, during this crisis than less um it 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 pumped up uh capital gains taxes because we've seen this massive you know shoot up in the in the stock market not not the last few weeks but uh before that so you've had capital gains um and and, and also just inflation right so the higher inflation goes the the higher your 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 tax revenues go up so it's been a a fantastic spin and it's it's given Governor Pritzker and the, and the statehouse, so much money that they're, they're just trying to figure out how to spend it. Now, we have to remember, this is only going to last for a couple of years and then it's done. It's gone. But uh, it's, a, it's a party time for now. And and Pritzker is trying to make himself look good when, when in fact, uh, he should have been a little bit more humble and, and said a few other things instead.
1: Yeah, Ted, it's that second category that most people are overlooking. Uh, The state itself directly got about $8 billion, maybe more, maybe up to 15 if you count some pass-throughs that they gave to the municipalities and such. Um, That that alone would be more than enough to account for the, the supposed surplus that he's claiming. But the extraordinary increase in taxes, tax revenue that we've achieved is what's being overlooked and that unquestionably comes because of this just astonishing astonishing astonishingly irresponsible in my view 10 trillion dollar uh, national pandemic relief plan in in various different pieces of legislation that has goosed the economy and goosed the tax revenues in so many different ways
0: sorry mark i, I want to make sure that you said 10 trillion is that right
1: <laughs> that's right with a t 10 trillion dollars have been doled out. And let's stop here, Ted. I want to really give a big shout out to you and John. In February of last year, when Congress was debating the most recent plan, the American Rescue Plan, which gave another $190 billion to states and, and municipalities, you wrote a piece thoroughly documenting why the states did not need this. It was ignored, of course. That plan went through. Um, you have turned out to be entirely correct. Uh, all across the country, states are rolling in money. There's any number of of uh, articles published nationally with governors and other states giving their state of the state speech, speeches, national analysts uh, pointing to this. Uh, It wasn't needed. This is an excess. It's like manna from heaven uh, for them that came out of nowhere. Of course, it didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of uh, the treasury, which means we're going to have to pay it back through federal taxes and through money created by the Federal Reserve Board, which has uh, caused this inflation rate that we now have running at over 7% per year. Uh, It's, in my view, the most fiscally irresponsible Uh, year we've had in American history Um, and a lot of Republicans by the way in Congress voted at least for the initial package Um, it it was appropriate initially to flood the system with money when the pandemic first appeared and we didn't know how severe it was going to be but by February at least of of 2021 we had a handle on what the numbers now w- were, and it did not justify the kind of spending that the federal government did.
0: I mean, you're right, Mark, you know, by then by then, the CARES Act had already sent a lot of money to states. Uh, you know, a lot of states, not Illinois, but a lot of states had you know, massive, and I shouldn't say massive, they had a lot of reserves. Uh, a lot of them were well-prepared. So when you look at the CARES Act money that went to states, and then you took in the account the, the um, reserves they had, you know. Virtually all the states were, were prepared, except for a handful, and so uh, we certainly didn't need that. And it's proving itself out. And I, I want you to talk a little bit more about some of the states in a minute. That that you, I think you're having a piece that's going to come out, just showing how much money there is out there. Um, but but it was clearly not needed. And so you know what, what's interesting about this whole thing is that yeah I think I think you earlier just mentioned uh, Pritzker's quote saying that you know he said let me set the record straight for you. Our state budget surpluses would exist. Even without the money received from the federal government, that's what he said in his in the speech uh, this week. Well, you know that's that's a massive contradiction to what he was saying. You know, a year ago he said he said to, on WBZ Chicago he said there's no chance we won't have to suffer severe damaging cuts to higher education, to K through 12 education, to basic services that people need if we don't get any support. That's what's going to happen to our state," the governor said. "We're going to see just an enormous hole where we've made so much progress. So he really wanted the money, and his administration was asking for it. He was pushing for it, um, and now, now of course, he's forgotten all that, and and you know he's reveling in the in the cash flow.
1: The distinguishing feature of his political career is dishonesty. Uh, Ted, we have a peace plan where we're going to collect all his whoppers. It's no small project, so it won't be coming up <laughs> um, uh, for a while, but we will get it done, and it's a long list. He has no shame whatsoever uh, in telling the public any kind of crazy thing he wants to fit his narrative, uh, partially because he knows he won't be challenged uh, by the Illinois press. That's true. That's so true. Uh, you know, partially because they don't have the resources to uh bird dog him properly and partially because of bias or incompetence or whatever. Uh, he just does not get challenged on these things. Uh, and when he is asked a good question, he skips over it and ignores it. There's never any follow-up.
0: That's precisely right. you know, I think during this, during this speech or after the speech, he should be asked many of the things that we've pointed out in this document. Uh, you know, we can't forget, you know, wire points, um, when Don Harmon, President, Senate President Don Harmon, asked for forty-two billion dollars in aid right off the bat when this um, COVID crisis hit, and you know that that uh, request triggered a New York Times headline that said this: Illinois seeks a bailout from Congress for pensions and cities. Uh, you know that you know Governor Governor Pritzker might try to distance himself from that, but you know that's you know Illinois. We know how it works. We know that that's that they're connected. Um, Illinois was the only state in the country. So the Federal Reserve created this thing called the Federal Reserve Municipal Liquidity Facility, a fancy name for, hey, if you're in trouble, you can come to, you can come to the Fed. Illinois was the only state in the country to tap that facility. No other state needed it. But, you know, in our situation, it was so bad that we tapped it twice. Again, something that Governor Pritzker's forgotten. And, and, you know, he was able to repay that because of all the new money that came in, um, through the arp so again it's it's sad it's sad that um you know he can't i think do what what the right thing was to was to do was was to be thankful uh thankful if you want to call it that to the federal government for for bailing out the state you know a lot of states have been thankful is that right mark
1: uh that's right and if if, but first by the way that he that's one of the things he bragged about that they paid back that loan early um he and comptroller mendoza are bragging about that all the time never mentioning that we were the only ones that had to do it but yeah i uh, spent a lot of time going through what other governors are saying in other states and uh they're all you know openly acknowledging that they've got a one-time spigot of money from the federal government um Republican and Democratic governors alike, um, including you know Governor Newsom in California, who was magnanimous enough to thank the White House, you know his allies in in Congress uh, for all the money that they've received. They've got now a forty-five billion dollar surplus in California, enough to send a check for some eleven hundred dollars to every person in California. Um, he at least. Uh, acknowledged where the money came from. But in Pritzker's case, it's me, me, me. I did it. It's just insane.
0: Yeah, Mark, you know, so, you know, we don't want to always be uh, only, uh, well, you know, rhetoric in our critique of, of the governor's plan. So we actually, you know, looked at the numbers as well, because we like to back up everything we say with data. And what was fascinating is, is John and I went through some of this data. We looked at his, so, so, the, the budget he just came out with is the proposed budget for 2023, which would start in, you know, it starts in the middle, our, our fiscal year in Illinois starts in July, July 1st. So it's July 1st, 2022 through July 1st, or through June 30th, 2023. So this new budget uh, has projected 40 almost $46 billion in revenues, okay? $46 billion in resources that they think they're going to get. Well, just 14 months ago, when he was complaining and, and worried sick about what's going to happen in Illinois, his forecast was was less than 40 billion. So let me make that clear: 46 billion is what he says his budget is now. 14 months ago, he said we're only going to have 40 billion dollars. So in, in a matter of 14 months, without the legislature ever meeting, frankly, hardly meeting, um, and they, they didn't pass any any laws of, of any consequence, um, they've made up six billion dollars in, in money. And he wants to take credit for that. And, and that's that's kind of what's sad because you know, it was the difference between 14 months ago, that was before you know Biden. This before we knew that Biden was going to win, uh, before the ARP was becoming a reality. And you know, after that thing passed, Illinois a was wash in cash. And if you look at if you look at the the other numbers we have in there, sorry to get a little wonky here, but you know, before COVID, uh, or I should say compared to pre-COVID numbers, we have eight billion more dollars in in tax revenues for the state. You know, that's despite the lockdowns, despite the recession, all that. We have $8 billion more. It didn't come at all from anything Pritzker did or the lawmakers and the, the, the um, General Assembly. It's all based on the American Rescue Plan.
1: Yeah, one way of looking at the proof on that is simply to ask, what reforms did he make that would cause him to think that he gets credit for this? None. There have been no structural reforms of any kind. Uh, nothing material on on uh, spending, certainly not on pensions, only tax increases. Uh, So he just simply has no basis for his claims. Ted, it's important to point out, too, that uh, in a speech he claimed a surplus of $1.7 billion. We and others have no idea where he's getting that number. Uh, We've gone through the actual budget proposal, very long, detailed document. You can look at it. We'll put the link up with this. Uh, look on page 60. That's the summary uh, where it shows surpluses and deficits for uh, the last couple of years and the forward projection. There's nothing about $1.7 billion. It claims a much smaller amount. And of course, that's all using phony government accounting. And we can't repeat this warning often enough. The way the government does budgets, they count borrowed money as income. Or if they sell an asset, which really doesn't improve the 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 state's position at all. Like if they sell the Thompson Center, they're just swapping that asset for for cash at market value. They count that as income. Um, So there's just no, uh, well, there's other articles up about this too. Illinois Policy has a nice article up up about it. Uh, uh, Others have been tweeting about it. We just can't find the numbers and there's been no explanation. Pritzker hasn't been challenged of it and he'll probably get away with it
0: that's right and you know I want to just uh, reiterate a point you made about they haven't done anything to to make the numbers better as a matter of fact you know we've in in our piece that we put out uh, which you can find at wirepoints.org uh, we, we made a, a small bullet list of some of the things that have made things worse so uh you know one of the things they've they've done is uh, they've they've uh they've restored salary spiking for teachers so they can get six percent hikes at the end of their careers. You know, automatic uh, spiking, uh, expanded Medicaid coverage for Ill- illegal immigrants. They've uh, made tier two benefits higher for public safety workers. They uh, are using more taxpayer dollars to pick winners and losers in the EV industry. Uh, they're giving the Chicago teacher unions, union, uh, the union more bargaining powers. They've granted more sick leave benefits to teachers. So these are all increases that, you know, the states and taxpayers are going to have to pay, none of that, uh, you know, helped raise revenues, made, made costs more, uh, made, made, made them bigger.
1: Yeah, and Ted, let's go back to what's happening in other states, just to compare and contrast. The Urban Institute did a study of this. Um, revenues, uh, on average, across the country for states are up 20% over 2019, 2019, the last pre-pandemic year. Uh, So there's been a windfall across the board. So you have comments like this coming from various officials around the country. Um, A a city manager in California said, the ultimate effect of the pandemic was a net positive. Isn't it unbelievable, he asked. It's just crazy to think about that. Um, In uh, New York, former governor David Patterson said, I wish I could close my eyes and wake up and be back in the governor's mansion and be Kathy Hochul, the current governor. Uh, so around the country, people have a entirely different uh, view of reality than what Pritzker is, is claiming about his prowess in conquering our fiscal uh, situation. Uh, they know what's going on. And by the way, they've been, for the most part, Pretty prudent. There's been heavy debates going on about how to spend this money. They're cognizant that they can't use it to cover up any current spending. That it they have to use it as a one-time uh, source to make an investment of some kind. Uh, the governor of Vermont had a particularly good state of the state address, which you can find online. Which um, he made that point expressly, and all throughout his speech, he said, you know, remembering that this is. Temporary money we have here's here's where I think it should be spent. Um, no such sense of reality in Illinois.
0: Mark, let's talk a little bit about, about pensions too. Uh, he didn't come out and take a, a a bit. He didn't celebrate the fact that the pension debts are a little bit lower um, this year. He did say that we're going to put more money into pensions, about $500 $201 year, and three hundred million another. Uh, and you know there could be a debate about whether that's good or bad. Obviously. Uh, you know the, the debts are so big that that's a trivial amount and you know you'll hear us call for pension reforms that's that's the real thing not just throwing more money into a into a broken system uh, but one of the things that i know some of them have celebrated is this fact that the the pension liabilities have gone from 144 billion these are the official numbers from 144 billion to down to 130 billion uh, but it's important to point out that um and and, and i think the credit rating credit rating agencies were happy too but uh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event or once-in-a-generation event where the stock market, with all those trillions that you talked about, went so high that uh, returns in the stock market were about 25% for pensions. Um, that's once you know, like like Pew said, it's a once-in-a-generation ger- jump. And so, any of that benefit, uh, well, let's just call it a windfall from from the trillions. And God knows if it can be repeated uh, or or even worse, you know, if the stock market really corrects, will it unwind a lot of this benefit. So, um, you know, more to look out there. But uh, you know, they, they haven't touched pensions, they won't talk about them. As a matter of fact, no Pritzker said he's going to defend the heck out of them. He's not going to reform them. So, that's bad news for for anybody.
1: Uh, another big item that was entirely ignored in the budget address is this huge problem we have with the unemployment trust fund in Illinois. That's what pays out unemployment benefits during the pandemic and at any time uh, the federal government requires that a certain balance be kept in that account to to cover projected liabilities that balance was about a billion dollars a little over a billion dollars before the pandemic Uh, that got wiped out during the pandemic and Illinois had to go to the federal government to borrow a little over four billion dollars for that so as things stand today Illinois is facing a hole that has to be corrected, of over five billion dollars when you add up those two things, uh, and that that uh, loan to the from the federal government is is bearing interest running at about a hundred million dollars a year. Well, how did Pritzker deal with it? It's not in the budget. It just entirely ignored it. Uh, well, it has to be made up. Uh, it can come. It will come automatically by imposing higher taxes on employers or cutting benefits to people who are laid off or lose their job, uh, that amount is so extreme that that's only a theoretical possibility, that won't work. So the state is going to have to cover that out of its budget somehow. Um, No word on how they're going to do that, and again, it's not reflected in any budget projections the prudent thing to do is to use some of that federal aid money that's still out there to pay that down that's what most other states have done a lot of states did have to borrow during the pandemic to protect their their unemployment trust funds but almost all of them have paid back those loans now and have followed the advice given by by most fiscal analysts that that's the Prudent thing to do, um, but it's just astonishing to me that he can ignore that topic and leave it out of the budget entirely. He did that last year too, as well, and of course he got away with it.
0: Well, let me be let me be a skeptic. You know, he could take three. Like, I think there's 3.6 billion or something like that of the federal direct aid that's unspent. Um, my guess would be he'd rather use it for programs that are more sexy that get him potentially more more votes. Um, rather than putting it into a boring unemployment insurance fund, uh, Mark. Also, it's it's more than that, right? Because remind me, um, the comptroller Mendoza, she's wanting to. She's been asking to delay the interest payment. He's asking the federal government to delay interest payments on that. And also, there's rumors that they're looking for more federal money to to pay for this this insurance fund rather than than use the current money.
1: Right. Uh, Controller Mendoza along with a few other fiscal officials from the other states that do still have loan balances outstanding wrote a letter to the treasurer saying please don't assess us interest on this loan for another year. Give us time to address this. Um, That's effectively asking for more bailout money because Uh, That interest would accrue to the benefit, of course, of federal taxpayers. So you're asking the federal taxpayers to uh, be responsible for a freebie loan to those states, mostly blue states, of course, troubled blue states that aren't managing their affairs properly. Um, That request has not been acted upon yet. Uh, Of course, there is movement in Congress uh, with Build Back Better and everything else to try to push more money at states. Uh, who knows whether anything will materialize that, that accomplishes that, but uh, as it stands right now, uh, you know the, the the problem is simply unaddressed.
0: Yeah, um, I want to I want to mention upgrades, the credit upgrades. Yeah, uh, you know it's kind of hard to say that's not good news because you know we were, and I, I'm talking about Moody's right now. Uh, Fitch still has Illinois at one notch above junk. But you know, Moody's is the one we follow the most. Uh, we think they've been the most realistic about, about the the pension problem. Uh so as I mentioned, you know, Governor Pritzker celebrated the two upgrades, one from Moody's and one from SP. And and that got Illinois off the 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 brink of a junk rating. And before COVID, before all this money flowed in, there was a big risk that Illinois would have been a junk rated state by now. Uh, but anyway, so, so Pritzker celebrated that and, you know, and and that is good news. You don't want to be a, you don't want to be a junk rated state, right? No, but no state has ever been rated junk. Um, but, but the real issue though, is that, you know, while he's celebrating, we can't forget something. We're still the worst rated state in the country. We're two notches above junk for S and P and Moody's and one notch above junk for Fitch. So it's still not something to celebrate and there's really nothing that's being done to change. The trajectory of the state other than this federal money. As we talked, there's no reforms, no, no property tax reform, no pension reform, no collective bargaining reforms. Um, and and don't forget Chicago is junk rated by Moody's. Chicago Public Schools is deep into a junk rating, along with, you know, the same level as Detroit and Detroit public schools. So things aren't good. So you can celebrate it, but but the the more honest assessment would be we're still just two notches away from junk there's a lot we need to do and we need reforms
1: sure and you know the, the proper way to look at it is you know of course the state should get an upgrade they with all this manner from heaven floating around the state's not going to default on its bonds and remember that that's what the credit ratings are really interested in uh, assessing they tell bond buyers do you face any default risk on this bond in the near and intermediate term you know over the next two or three or four years, maybe. No, I don't think Illinois is going to default on their bonds. They have payment priorities and everything else. Some of them are secured by, by mortgages on assets, but even the unsecured bonds uh, by statute are, are obligated to be paid first. Um, and with, with this extra money floating around, uh, they are going to be paid first. I would not worry in the near term about Illinois bonds defaulting and uh, the credit rating agencies properly uh, indicated that uh, that's good news as you say not terribly important news it doesn't immediately lower interest costs for the state the bonds that are outstanding have whatever interest rate is is established under them it will make future borrowings a little cheaper um, knocking a little bit off of the interest rate that we have to pay on future bond offerings, but it's, it's really just not that big a deal.
0: Yeah. And in, the end, good for the, the financial class, but it doesn't do anything for the ordinary Illinoisan who's struggling. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll take it for now, but you know, when this, all this free money runs out, I I don't know, you know, what the credit rating agencies are thinking because once that money's gone, we're back, we're back to where we were. And I'd argue we're going to be in a worse position, uh, because our pension debts are, are worse, and and, it, and most of the negatives that have gone on, you know, people leaving, all those things will make it worse, so um, that's a big well, deal.
1: Yeah, well, they, and they have expressly called out this warning that this is a temporary thing because of all this federal money. Uh, a guy from Fitch said, what goes up must come down. Uh, you know, what a wonderful quote, and that's exactly right. He was referring to, the, uh, to that incoming federal money. And uh, you can't ignore that warning from the rating agencies or anybody else.
0: Yeah, I might note that we have a, you know, a graphic in our piece uh, that shows these rating, ratings by, uh, you know, from the best, best rated to the worst rated. Uh, you know, I can't ignore the fact that Indiana and Iowa and Missouri are all AAA rated. Those are the best quality states. That means that they're really well run. Um, interest costs are low but it also means that they have a good reputation and so you know if you're a manufacturing company looking to invest in a in a state you want to expand you know you see that AAA rating you you say hey I trust that state they have good governance they have good numbers good financials um then you look at Illinois on the chart and you say wait a minute it's it's close to junk um not well run a big part of that poor rating is governance we're, we're poorly a very badly run state and you know we can talk about corruption all day um, so those are the decision factors that the people you know companies are making when they look at a state and this is still something that really hurts us that
1: uh, Pritzker has not been terribly good at dealing with criticism has he um, as in past speeches he used his favorite phrase carnival barkers clearly referring to uh, wire points and some of the other fiscal realists out there like uh, Truth and Accounting, Illinois Policy Institute, and some others. Uh, excuse, excuse me. Uh, 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 yeah, Truth and Accounting, Illinois Policy Institute. Um, and we had this kind of remarkable additional language that he put into it. He said that we are spelunkers looking for misery. Um, we naysayers are spelunkers. Okay. When did Spelunkers become demonized? That is kind of a strange phrase. But uh, Pritzker's press secretary picked up on that and made a hashtag out of it on Twitter. Uh, spelunkers looking pound, Spelunkers looking for misery to criticize us. Um, and uh, both deputy governors, uh, Andy Mayer and um, Christian uh, Mitchell. Christian Mitchell, thank you, uh, began using the hashtag as well. Um, I mean, what what an unserious, unprofessional way to deal with legitimate criticisms, legitimate questions that we've raised, documented by facts. Um, but again, he knows he can get away with it because uh, there's a relatively small part of the population that takes the time to look at these things closely. Most people get their news from sound bites off of their evening news show, maybe glancing through the Chicago Tribune, which which rarely carries any of this, although they did have a very good editorial about the budget that uh, basically reflected our views about the temporariness of the federal money. Um, but for the most part, people don't know about this. Pritzker knows they don't know about it. And so, again, he'll probably get away with it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a question of you know this separate topic about politics and and competitors to Matt, to uh, Pritzker and whether um, those who are running for governor can make such arguments and, and make them you know uh, make them well and, and get them heard so that that'll be a, that'll be a bigger part of the discussion over the next you know few few months as we head toward the election. Uh, Mark just uh, one, one thing that I think we should definitely end with is a little bit of assessment. He um, the numbers are so good. As we talked about, that he's also offered a billion dollars in relief, property tax relief, sales tax relief, gas tax relief. You know, how do you uh, how do you appraise that? Well, on that,
1: I, I think the general public largely kind of recognize that as an election year gimmick. Uh, it has three parts to it: uh, a two cent. Uh, reduction per gallon in the gasoline tax uh, that's really to offset what was going to be an automatic increase based on inflation Ted you have a full article up about that and uh, interestingly he's opposed by on that by many unions and other ordinary allies of his the reason being that all that tax revenue is dedicated under a constitutional amendment that was passed a couple of years ago to road construction and such. So the, uh, trade unions, the construction, construction trades and such see that as their own little, little pot of money that, uh, they want to protect. Uh, and we should keep in mind here too, that this is just Pritzker's proposal the budget won't be finalized until you know 12 or 24 hours before the end of the session as it always is and you know a thousand pages will pop up that most people don't read and we'll figure out what's in it afterwards Uh, so this may be negotiated away the other two elements are a a slight reduction in the sales tax on groceries uh, obviously very popular right now I'm not sure it's it's necessary and thirdly a a rebate of property taxes, um, which would go conceivably up to $300 uh, per taxpayer, uh, and it's adjusted based on your income. I have some questions about the constitutionality of that. That's a backdoor progressive income tax, essentially. I don't know that anybody would challenge it. But uh, Pritzker clearly did what's politically popular, if you pick the three things that most Rankle consumers right now. It's those. It's you know spiking grocery prices, gasoline taxes, which are they notoriously hate, and property taxes, uh, and they do fall on the poor and working class the hardest. Uh, so it it is an election year stunt. Uh, we'll see if it survives. And we'll see if people see through it.
0: Yeah, and and you know and it's a little deeper than that too and that uh, it's certainly a stunt but it, as you mentioned the the gas tax is not a reduction in, in what they're paying today it's uh it's a a not increasing them in july of of uh, 2022 when they're expected to go up a, a little over two cents so um and and of course that's after a doubling of the gas tax by governor pritzker and his capital plan and uh you know we're one of the one of the only the four states in the country to have a sales tax on our gasoline. So as as inflation has kicked in and you know pushed up gas gas prices by fifty percent in the last year, uh, then the sales taxes that Illinois have to pay on gasoline have gone up as well. So we have the second highest gas taxes in the country. You know Illinois say I, I don't want the two cent. Don't give me a two cent thing. I want I want real reform. In uh, a similar story on the on the property taxes because. Uh, with inflation, most states have a uh, sorry most most counties and governments have a a rule that says that inflate that uh, property tax levies can go up by as much as five percent based on inflation. So they're all going to go up five percent. So the relief is giving is not relief. It's just you know not increasing things. So both both not very not very good things and, and they're certainly not structural and not uh, not fair to to the Illinois that are paying the second highest property taxes in the country.
1: Yeah, it's important to recognize what preacher has actually done with taxes. Remember, in twenty nineteen, he pa- passed a long list of very regressive taxes that fall on primarily on the poor and working class hardest. Uh, that increase in the gasoline tax um, eliminated a uh, sales tax and reduced the sales tax exemption for trading uh, uh, trading automobiles. Very stiff increases in vehicle registration costs. Um, those things really hit lower end consumers very hard. Um, and then we had the fair tax proposal in the last election round, which would have amended the Constitution allow for a progressive income tax. And remember all the, uh, the, the doom and gloom that we heard from him and his administration about what would happen if that wouldn't have passed and, you know, would have provided for an automatic. $3 $3 billion per year increase in taxes on higher income earners and no material reduction for lower income earners. Well, they, they said, if this doesn't pass, we'll have to raise the income tax across the board by 20%. That's what Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton said. Well, it didn't pass. Uh, the public saw through that, fortunately, to their credit. Um. Uh, but now is bragging that everything is great and we're on the road to recovery. Uh, had he gotten that tax, it would have been spent on things that would have made no difference in Illinois, just like so much else that Illinois gets and spends.
0: You know, I think what's fascinating, and it's, it's this, he was able to turn around Illinois in the deepest recession um, with lockdowns that, he, that, he, that he's pushed. He's able to do that without, you know, a massive tax hike, he says, you know, he did it all himself. And yet, then the question is, why, why did he want a progressive tax, you know, a couple of years ago, if, if he can do it without a progressive tax, you know, he should have just done it then. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious. Look, I think, you know, we're beating up on Pritzker and I think rightfully so. I think what, what Illinois really should have heard, and you know, and he, he could be positive about some of the things, but the honest assessment would have, would have told Illinois that, Hey, Let's thank this massive inflow of uh, of COVID aid for for temporarily hiding our, our big problems. But the reality is is that Illinois still has the worst pension crisis in the country. The reality is we're one of three states to shrink in the last decade. The reality is is that we still have the second highest property taxes, and that we're only two notches away from a junk rating. The honest assessment would have said, Hey, Illinoisans, get ready. We're going to have to pass these massive reforms to fix our state, and make it you know make it be the the, the, you know, the great state that it should be. But, you know, we didn't get any of that. We just got a lot of cheering. Things are good. And uh, hey, you know, basically saying, hey, elect me. I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm be running for election in, in November. So remember all these good things and all these, all the spending I'm doing. Yeah, as
1: a political matter, I, I I just don't get it. Why he wouldn't see that he'd be better off being a truth teller. If just, just level with the public, tell them what our problems are. Um, tell him how it, we're we're trying to address it. Um, uh, he hasn't done that. You know, Rauner started off that way. He catapulted, you know, from zero name recognition to win the Republican nomination. Uh, initially, doing just that. He backed off, you know, later on, and it became a disaster after he got the nomination. But uh, that works, and I I I just don't get it as a political matter why. Why um, candidates wouldn't do that. We'll see if the competitors he has in the race for governor do it. We'll be watching them. And uh, let's hope we get some serious truth telling out of it.
0: Yeah, Mark, I think it'd be nice to have some principled leaders for once and who are truth tellers, but we don't have that. And um, I think that's what uh, we'll have to hope for. And as you say, I think we'll we'll have to look at the uh, candidates and we'll be reporting on that soon. So that's all I've got on the budget, Mark you got anything else?
1: Sadly, that's uh, that's all I got too. I wish I could come up with something uh, more positive to say, but uh, we're going to st- keep calling out uh, the whoppers that we see, whether from Pritzker, his Republican opponents, or anybody else. It's a lot of work, but we're going to stay on top of it.
0: All right, Mark. Well, thank you. And thank you everybody for joining the dialogue at Wirepoints. Talk to you soon.